It's the 120 Podcast. Mikey Finelli and Benjamin Hootie coming at you on May 1st as we record this. May 2nd, it will release at 120. The Cubs sitting a game above 500 now after the first full month of the season. And Ben, I'm at least glad to say we're above 500. Could be worse. We could be the White Sox. I mean, yeah, you already had to dig them the first, uh, <laughs> first second of this episode. But yeah, I mean, um, I feel like it's very negative right now after, you know, you get swept your first season or your first series of the season. But, uh, I don't think it, it's not too bad, Cubs fans. You, I, I think I have some stats and other things for you this episode that, uh, will make you feel a little more positive about the direction that this team is headed. So Ben's Cyclopedia will have that options for you as we move forward in this episode. But just looking at it from the whole picture, we had some early games in March, and we had a full schedule in April. So we have now made it all the way to May, as Justin Timberlake says. This series, after I made my dumb joke against the Marlins, was probably the worst one yet for the Chicago Cubs, both on paper and just from what we saw, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Even that, probably since the Milwaukee series, I would say the Milwaukee series was a little more miserable than this series because, yes, we did get swept, but we lost every single game by one mm-hmm. run. We mm-hmm. were in every single game. Even so the game, like, even the game that we were down in a seven-zero hole came all the way back to six. To correct. Seven, six. Correct. So there's a lot of. I don't think it's like run and panic and throw everything up in flames just yet, but it's. It's disappointing because you sh- it if we are truly going to be what we think we could be this season, you have to take care of series against teams like the Miami Marlins. Yeah. And this is no dig on the Marlins. I mean, the Marlins have a solid roster and a great pitching yeah. staff. But it's but it also, I mean, yeah, if you consider yourself a borderline playoff team, you have to beat those other borderline playoff teams. And that's what the Marlins are. They're in a very similar station as to we are. Um you know, they got their roster a bit more organically, I guess, but we also have a team that's as talented that it could be enough bats to go to the playoffs. Um, but it's safe to say we are woefully lost, as we said in last week's episode, when it comes to especially closing pitching. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't say the bullpen showed its uh, glaring holes this weekend because they were able to hold it down for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, a start where Marcus Stroman and Justin Steele only give up two runs. You got to win every single one of those. You, if, if like right now you, the Cubs are putting together probably one of the best one twos in baseball, Mm -hmm. not saying like based on like past years and depth and experience. But right now, as we stand in the major, in the major league baseball season, the Cubs are able to put out the best, one of the best in the league, one, two in baseball. You have to win those games. And yeah, there's there's a lot of things that should have gone the Cubs way. They left the bases loaded a lot this weekend. They, uh, say Suzuki killed a couple of uh, big innings with a double play. We talk about the big blue, tra- big, big blue train a lot. And, uh, the big blue train did not or no. kind of got stuck this weekend. Um, yeah, this was the first first time this year where I felt like it just was it was weird. It, it's it, it felt like a, a different team on the offensive side this weekend, which is scary. But 
hopefully they can wake up versus a very bad team. Say a batting 190 in his last five, four hits, 21 at-bats, and many of which were, were hits in a double plays there in that fourth spot. My roommate, Nick, is probably the biggest Say a hater in the world right now. A huge Cubs fan, but he and I all weekend were having some arguments about Say a Suzuki. He was, he was over, overcompensating at this point about, you know, calling him a bust and stuff like that. And he wouldn't even be mad at knowing that I'm talking about this because yeah, right now from what we see about Say Suzuki, it does not look good coming off an early season injury and coming off a season last year where he only played, I think like what, 120 games or so. So it's, you know, we're looking at a Say right now that really needs to, prove his his development as a player this season it's off to a slow start with one home run in the season in his first game back and really a rough go since then yeah i'm not really too worried yet about Seiya. it's it it's a bad weekend and it's a bad couple of days but you know what we were having the same conversations about trey mancini a week ago and trey mancini has done nothing but hit since he got yeah. benched after oakland cody bellinger so, was the same conversation in week one as well and now he's correct. all of a sudden he's waking up and say uh it, yes it's a bad it's a bad 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 weekend like the only positive was the triple that he ended up scoring on off a uh, uh cody bellinger set yeah, yeah, fly yeah. or something like that um it's a bad weekend but he's still got he doesn't have as that much as bats under his belt as some of the other guys do that have been like already polished and seasoned at this point in the season. So you know what? It, it it's the same thing. We, let's not start the Seiya Suzuki panic talk yet no. because he's only played two weeks. He can literally go to Washington this week and hit two home runs, hit. 500 across the series and everyone's like yep that's the cleanup hitter we were talking about after everyone was shaming him this past weekend same thing happened to cody bellinger and all of a sudden he's back quote unquote on twitter which he is but he was never gone it's that baseball ebbs and flows that's how the sport works and naturally not all nine of your hitters on the big blue train are going to be on at the same time for like a beautiful series moment there what they were in like the seattle series and stuff like that that's when you know we really started going with the big blue train but now i mean people are going to ebb and flow when mancini and Ballinger are up. Suzuki and Dansby may not, might not be as well. The only person that is good no matter what is Horner. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, Nico Horner. I don't even think we talked about him last week. No, we didn't do enough about he him. He sure. is just, I don't want to say like an MVP in baseball yet, but he's like probably a top 10 player in the National League right now in the leadoff spot. I'm pretty sure he's one of the Cubs. I think he has probably second or third most runs driven in mm-hmm. on the Cubs right now. He's got 17. Uh, I don't know what that, yeah. I don't know what that ranks in among the Cubs, but he's got 17. I think the only two that have more is wisdom and uh, Ballinger. And that's yeah. coming from the leadoff spot. Right. I think his on base streak is at 25 or 26 games now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a stud. And yeah, you talked about belly. I mean, taking a couple days off and coming back and just, picking up like where you're left off. Obviously he got that dad strength in him, but still <laughs> picking up where he left off. I mean, it's if, if you talk about the Cubs and we talk about Strom and steel, I mean, Bellinger and Nico have just been anchoring this team for the last, this entire year. Random tangent. Did you see the, uh, the nonsense about um, like various members of the Dodgers from 2022 all our opportunity to leave at the same time, Mookie and Bellinger, and there was somebody else too. It's uh, uh 
Uh, yeah, it's interesting. We're, I'm not. Gonna, we will not go into any detail at all. But no. it is, and it and it lines up for. Uh, the only thing I'll say is it lines up for All Star Weekend. But that in is the Los Angeles. <laughs> so that is the the bottom line. But <laughs> moving forward with this Cubs team and not our random talk about what happened in June or July and and. In LA is, uh, the, the series against the Nationals, Ben. And it starts tonight against a Washington team that's 10 and 17, um, and has been, you know, at least bookmarked early on in the season as one of the teams that might not even be trying to win. So is this the type of series where you kind of gain your confidence back? Oh, you have to, you have to get your confidence back here. And it's, it's just like Oakland. It's just like Oakland, like a couple weeks, like what we had a week and a half ago. You you go into it if you want to make the playoffs, and it's it's a little more tough because it's a four game series, and you know one of these can slip, especially with that whatever that fifth rotation spot is right now. Um, yeah, I mean it's you 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 want to go three out of four or for the sweep. You if you lose the series, if you split, I would even say if you split, we start to like get we start to get a little panicky here because. <laughs> You can't. You're better than the Washington Nationals, and that's the bottom line. So you you decide to to do do over with the Nationals here on the road, and then you return home and you get the Marlins again. So that's a second crack at them after Washington, and then not looking too far forward because you got to take it one game at a time. But we are also until the second week of May, we have not seen our first matchups this year against. One of the most disappointing teams in the league, not the White Sox, our other rival, the St. Louis Cardinals. What do you think about them right now and, and having to put, face them before we record again or by the time we can record again? Yeah, I'm excited. Next time we're on this podcast, it'll be Cardinal week. Yep. Yeah, they're, um, I think they're, uh, they're a mess right now. And, uh, I think they're, they're going to be just fine, but you hope that they continue to play their current brand of baseball. By the time you run into them, I feel like the Cardinals and, and the White Sox are so different. Like compare, like they have similar things going on right now, but they're so different. Like in the in the different spots of their like window, I guess being this disappointing. I think the difference is the White Sox have good pieces that just aren't performing at all. I guess you could say, like uh, guys that just haven't panned out like they expected them to. The Cardinals have two of the top ten players in Major League Baseball, and that's all you really need, as we've seen, as we saw last year, to carry yourselves to ninety plus wins and win a, a very winnable division with ninety plus wins. So I think that's why people are talking about the two teams in a different light, even though they're kind of on a similar start. Yeah, I think the White Sox whole thing for me is like, and this is just a random tangent of us like preying on our like enemies' downfall here, and this will definitely come back to bite us. But like, the White Sox are different because, like you said, they just they never really reached that full potential that they that they were supposed to have, I guess. Um, and then hearing Luis Robert talk about the reason why he jogged out that grounder to first is because Larusa used to tell them to do that so they wouldn't get hurt. <laughs> it just shows that I mean the Larusa situation, despite it being over will be the ultimate thing that will kill the White Sox forever in this current state they're in. And it's crazy because Luis Roberts not that that was they were told that. Yeah. The, the stars of that team were told when Larusa and Reinsdorf or whatever were there, hey, like jog out ground balls. I think it depends on what it is 
though. Like that, that was a base hit. All you yeah, gotta do exactly. is I could have beat that out, and I'm slower than molasses. Like <laughs> it, it's it's yeah. it's just it's a it's a mess, and you know what? I I honestly do hope that they. I don't think I think they're. I'm not gonna call their season over, but I I honestly do hope that they bounce back because. This city's a lot of fun when there's two good baseball teams, and yeah. we we only had that experience for 25 games in 2016 when <laughs> everyone was calling Crosstown World Series when uh, <laughs> Todd Frazier was uh, leading the way. Todd Frazier and Matt Latos were leading the way for a 25 and like four White Sox team. Oh man, there was I forgot about that. Well, there was like a one little like grace like period I guess for like a month in like. No, I wouldn't even say it was for 2021 because even though the Cubs had like a good, like mostly championship roster still in 2021, they just weren't playing to potential. And that was right, obviously, when the White Sox thought they were starting to take off. But at the end of the, you know, looking after it two years later, that was, that was their peak of this window, I guess, when all those youngins, almost in a 2016 Cubs kind of way, they just fell short in the playoffs. All those youngins just really clicked at once and then they just couldn't get the job done. Yeah, and as you were saying that, there was another season, which I don't even – it doesn't even count, but 2020. 2020 yeah, 2020. Yeah. They I, both I, made the playoffs. But White Sox got swept by Oakland. Yeah, and we got swept by the Marlins, so we don't well, have much. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. You know, you remember who called that series? I'm I'm putting you on the spot. Do you remember that one, though? It was ESPN. It was yes. Boog. Yep, it was Boog. It, was, it was Boog and Chipper Jones, and it was so bad that I literally, by game three, I would mute it, and I would just try and sync it up with Pat and Ron. It wasn't even game three, though. Yeah, so it was like, oh, sorry, it was, it was like three yeah, game, game series. Yeah, it was game two. That's what I meant, like this, the end of the sweep. And like, I remember because, I mean, this is ESPN sometimes, and they're not, I mean, they're not always bad. We both are employees of ESPN Plus for Redbird Productions. But sometimes at the national level for ESPN, like, what they'll do is like, they'll put the, like, this, they'll, they'll get the one graphic, the main story they're trying to hammer home, and that's the one thing they share. So that series, Boog, who I've grown to like a little bit better, I didn't love him at the time, Boog would, Always, every single time Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez would step up, he would share the like, they've batted, you know, 167 together since they, since yeah. they won the championship in the playoffs, like over and over and over, almost as if neither of them, none of them have a story to tell, none of them did anything else that game. It was just, it was horrendous. I, w- I was getting so mad about it. And yes, the facts were there, but that series was miserable. Yeah. And it's funny because like, as you're saying this and as I was thinking about it before you even said that, I'm pretty sure. Who hit a home run in game one and we were leading to like the eighth inning? Wasn't it Hap? For some, reason, Hap for some reason, I want to say Hayward, but I, you're probably right with Hap. I think it was Hap hit a home run. Oh, and that's God. literally like what I'm trying to get away with from the Cubs because that's all they were for like two years was yes. the big hit. The big hit won them the games. That was it. Yep. No more relying on the big hit. Play as an offense. Keep the big blue train moving. And yeah. And that's where we started to slip this past week, I think. No, 100%. We, it's annoying, but yeah, they just couldn't get the big hit. I'm trying to find out the, the, I'm on baseball reference. I'm trying to find who, who had that one run for the Cubs. Yeah, game one, September 30th, 2020. Um, Sandy Alcantara versus Kyle Hendricks. The Marlins yep. won five to one. And I'm trying to get the box for that game so I could, so I could see who had that home run. Um, twenty twenty National League wildcard series on the pod. We're finding this we're remembering this one live. It was Hap. You encyclopedia. 
Yes, sir. You you shame me. Like this is bad. I I host this thing and you spit facts. <laughs> that's so that's I, the that's the model. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> do you want me to pull? Do you want me to pull out these stats? I got some fun. <laughs> yeah, stats. you said you got some stats for us. So let's hear the fun stats and I'll I'll give you my take on them. Okay. Yeah. So the Cubs, I I don't I don't know what this technically means, but I have an idea. They're Pythagorean. Pythagorean is that how you say it? You know, like the Pythagorean theory. Yeah, Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, like in math yes. class. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So their Pythagorean record this season, if things went their way, <laughs> how like, is that? How was that judged? It's like I. It's win probability added in high leverage versus neutral situation. I guess. So is it like is it like the Pythagorean part of it, like the closest between two points or whatever is like the? I guess, and I think it's like. A to B Based or A to C, on yeah. things that should be hits or something like that. Like, like your, like your A. Like I'm, I'm showing using my hands, and you can't see that on a podcast. But like, if your A is like win probability, and your B is like situation, like C yes. is the line. Like, yes, they should win because it's on this line. But that's yes. just not how it works. But anyway, I, keep going. Yes, their record, their Pythagorean record is eighteen and nine this season. Woo! We're going to the Pythagorean World Series. But their actual record's fourteen and thirteen. Boo. So that basically means we should have won four other games. Is that where does that rank in the National League among other hypotenuses? I don't know. I just found the Cubs one. <laughs> Who is the World Series of Pythagorean? I had a, I had a math teacher. He like he likes a lot of my tweets. I wonder if he's ever listened to the show. I had a math teacher named Mister Garris in high school who would love that stat. I need to tell him about that. I love that, but still, yeah, uh, some other things, uh, still plus 43 run differential only got knocked three points this weekend because of three, one run losses. Yeah. Still, still good enough for fourth best in the MLB. Yeah. We're that's sco- not bad at all. We're scoring runs, yep. pitching rotation, ERA fifth, fifth in the MLB, uh, take, take into account Caleb killing and giving up seven fucking runs. Excuse me. F bomb again. Oh my <laughs> Number God. Two. Back, to back weeks. Number two. It is, right. You're going to, I'm going to, you're going to have to put the explicit content warning on again. Again, again, yeah. again, uh, still second in the league <laughs> in average on base percentage OPS. And we're striking out the seventh lowest in major league baseball. Pardon my take listener, Ben, with, the, with all of his F bombs. I don't even think they swear on that. No, they 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 do on other Barstool stuff. I don't think they do on there. Uh, but no, I'm messing with you. Well, let, no, this week was just a that was a slip. But no, last week was emphatic. Like last week, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, I just got mad about it. I that, <laughs> the the sh- the everyone everyone at, on this campus likes to make fun of me because they say that in certain situations when you're getting my, mad, yeah, my Chicago accent likes to come out. And uh, it usually likes to come out when I'm dropping the f bomb as well because I'll just be like. I don't even want to say it, but yeah. when I'm talking with our friend uh, Andrew Andrew P, uh, shout out Andy Andrew uh, Chefsky, um, yes, I'll be like uh, all the, the the effing Cubs won't call off effing Morell and effing Mervis, and they uh, everyone says that the, the the true Chicago accent comes out of me when that happens. So yeah, the Cubs got a, a three point five Pythagorean difference, and they don't have to win effing ball games. <laughs> yeah, they don't win the they don't win the damn ball games. <laughs> I love that that was your like that was your like more heightened version and it still didn't sound that much different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you do? You have any more stats? 
Um, no, but uh, yeah, Morel and Mervis should be called up. You, you did you wait? You didn't just you didn't drop those stats off the dome, did you? Oh no, I I should probably credit people on Twitter for those stats, but I'm not going to. Is it like Jay Kudo, like with his cool graphics? That's the Pythagorean thing. Sounds like something Jay Kudo would do. Oh, oh, Kudo is a he's yeah a dog. Yeah, Jay Kudo is awesome. awesome. He's awesome. Uh, I've lost the stats already, but they were from some Cubs fans on Twitter. So if they're listening, um, I, I, my apologies. I kind of just ripped them up from different segments that's of Twitter. Right. But that's uh, right. yeah, yeah. But that's a stat I can get behind. That Matt Mervis and Christopher Morrell um, should be members of the Cubs at this point, especially Christopher Morrell, right? Uh, I think Mervis more than Morrell. Well, Merv- though, wait, that's actually funny because we we could probably talk about the uh, yeah lower leagues. Bleacher Nation put out an article today that Christopher Morrell is the best baseball player on the planet right now, like in Triple uh, A. No, no. Like if you were to put like all stats together from like <laughs> high school level, grammar school, the major leagues, Christopher Morrell is no, the best player no, on the planet. No, no. There's got to be some like second grader in coach pitch. That's oh really, yeah, really I bet. Coach I bet. And he has like a. He probably has like the highest OBP like of all time. Like he doesn't miss. He's on base every single at bat. Some second grader. He's got his growth spurt already. Coach is pitching to him. He's backing up. He's yeah. got the hit guard. Uh, no, but anyway, yes, that's actually really funny. He's he's going nuts. And no, the reason, I, the reason I, why I, I say – yeah, go, go, go. It's like Christopher Morrell is currently the best hitter in all of professional baseball. Okay, yeah. Keep going, yeah, yeah. keep going. Yeah. The reason why I say that and not even having seen that story, I just knew he's doing well, is that he's been up before and this is more of a just like a prove it thing, like come back when you – you know. And so that's kind of like – you know, as much as you have Nelson Velasquez up, I'd love to also see Christopher Morrell get some of those trades ins and outs. And I know that you, Nelson's going to play the outfield, so that's why they have him, but – um, Mervis has, Mervis has never had his cup of tea in the major leagues and he really just kind of came out of the scene last year. So I don't even mind that Mervis could still go nuts in AAA for as long as it takes. Morell, on the other hand, feels like he should be on this roster. Yeah. He, he, I saw that, uh, he switched up his swing mechanics actually. He, uh, I think last year he was down, down more towards his, his, uh, like his, his hands were down towards his, uh, I'm trying to do this, trying to explain this visually, or I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. down by his stomach last year, mm-hmm. or no? Was it up? No. Yes, he was up more on his yeah. shoulder last year. He was like he, he would stand pretty upright and kind of like lean yes, back a little. Yes, bit. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's brought his hands now down towards his stomach, hmm. and then brings the bat up as he's going to swing. Does he still say hello to every single person on the field before he does all that? I'd bet. I mean, he's still a. A bundle of joy. I, he is. He's a great guy. I love the stories last year from like away players and coaches, like almost like being mad about it. They're like, "Why is this guy so nice?" Like he would come up. It didn't matter if he was in the you know the one spot or the nine spot. He'd come up and he would he would because he was in the nine spot a lot. He would pat the umpire on the back, give yep. the catcher a fist bump, wave to the pitcher, wave to the second baseman, third and first, both both base coaches, and then the away coach in the in the dugout. Like this dude would just be like, "Hold on." I mean, he. At this point, he hasn't played a major league baseball game in the pitch clock era. He's he's on an O two count. <laughs> he's wasting too much time waving to people. All right, we'll see. Maybe he's a little maybe he's a little PO'd from uh, getting <laughs> sent down to the minors being in the season. He's but, like, I uh, screw you guys. I don't want to say hi anymore. Yeah, it's you know what we're gonna keep doing this song and dance for the next. I don't know how long. Hopefully, by the end of this month, we're talking that this roster is finally what it should be 
But we're getting there because last week we were talking about Luis Torrens. <laughs> He's no longer a Cub, folks. So Woo-hoo! one step, one step away from completing Thanos's gauntlet. Next is uh, to finish it. We just got to get Edwin Rios off this team and. I don't mind him staying on the team as like a bench bat, but he should not be playing every day. Uh, Eric Cosmer. Okay. The, the hot take, is that the hot take of the day? Cause I don't think it's a hot take at all. I think I've seen that already a couple times. I think. Oh, no, it's definitely no. not a hot take. He no. is a, he's a rally killer. He's a ground ball machine still. Yes, he has the clutch hit. And I think like if, I don't even know if I said this on the, on this podcast. But like, if you're been casual... your other Cubs podcast, right? No, no, no. But I talk about this team way too much with too many people, whether it's you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. But if you're a casual baseball fan and you look at Eric Hosmer's numbers, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's not that bad of a player. But if you look at the underlying numbers, it's like, holy crap, this guy is awful. Like ground ball rate and stuff like that. Yes. Or, just... or Pythagorean ground ball rate. Yes. Yes. So that's my that's our new favorite word. That's that. Big blue train, Pythagorean big Ooh. blue train. What if, what if before this, obviously this can't happen anymore because the shift is banned. But like, what if before the shift was banned, there was a Pythagorean ground ball rate where like, if they weren't shifting, how, if it would have been a base hit? I, I guarantee you there was that. Yeah. I don't know if they called it that, but I'm sure they, there was. Baseball fine. Like, you know, in the NBA, all that matters. It's like, your shot chart and like how you're shooting and rebounding and assisting, I guess, and play basically defense. the stats no, you can see. Yeah. There's there's nothing under that. Baseball, yeah. it's like the numbers are just insane, and it, it makes sense why people don't love to pay attention to this game as much as uh, uh nerds like us do. Nerds like you? No I'm kidding. I I like the stat. I like the stat side too. I do. I like I like stat muse. It does it all for me. I could just like think of something like that, and it already has it all there. What? When was the last time Patrick Wisdom homered against the Washington Nationals? You tell us something about the Cubs, and I'll tell you. I had a uh, a cool little uh, parlay today, and <laughs> um, I had Ian Happ in the parlay to hit a home run. He's not in the lineup today. Uh, probably just a scheduled day off, maybe. Uh, he struggled a little bit this weekend, so I, I think Happ or uh, that's going to get voided now. So it all comes down to Oswaldo Cabrera and Alex Verdugo right about now. Time we're Patrick Wisdom has hit a home run once against mm. the Washington Nationals in his career. September 4th, 2018, during his time as a Cardinal. Wow. Five at-bats, one home run, one run, one hit. So that home run was it that day, and no one was on base. I let's hope that. that's not the case today. No, yeah. Let's let's get the big blue train moving again. Um I think when we're I think Oh, and by the way, we might have been a little negative this episode. The Cubs still won a series against San Diego yeah, Padres. Yeah, we're forgetting that. Yeah, we, we, I know. feel like we weren't negative though. Like I feel like we wanted to be kind of, but we just were in a kind of a like a funny mood ever since you started talking about Pythagorean's theorem or whatever. Yeah. So it's like yeah. This is just one this is just one of the uh one of the one twenty Chicago Cubs podcast episodes. <laughs> I don't know if I want to clip. I'm going to clip a part of this episode for Twitter. I wonder if it'll be the, I guess by now people will know. It'll be the Pythagorean thing or that you were explaining or the Christopher Morrell pitch clock thing. Maybe I'll do both. Dude, yeah, we'll do, do it. Both. Oh, also, cool, yeah. go. You, you can go. put a cool picture of uh, Christopher Morrell like dabbing up an umpire or something <laughs> with it. 
<laughs> guess I gotta go rewatch any game from last season to find a picture of that. You could probably find one. I'll yeah. look right, right now. No, okay, I'm saying I don't think there's a million out there. I'm saying like, yeah. I'm saying like yeah, like he does it every game. Um, if you want to support us with a standing ovation, you gotta submit that request to the league office. Um, going forward, right, Ben? <laughs> That is the most wild thing. Yeah, I've that's ever the dumbest. I want to end the episode with that. It's the dumbest thing. Oh yeah, it's just so uh, silly. On that note, leave us uh, five stars on Spotify. Yeah, we got we got Spotify going. Do you have to change the Spotify at all when you drop an f bomb? No, I think the... it, it just connects through that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we still need a theme song. Yeah, I know. We've we been saying a... this for so long. I mean, this is what the second. Yeah, probably the second to last episode I'll record here at ISU. I think the production quality of the show will go up a little bit when we're back home for the summer and uh, have a little bit more time on our hands. Yeah, Maybe we could, sure. we could we could get a theme song going or something. Guys, we are absolutely gassed. I, I just mm-hmm. want to let you know. I mm-hmm. Oh, look at this. What? I already found a picture of Chris. <laughs> Can you send that to me? That'll go, that'll go on Twitter. Can you send that to me? Yes. But, um, and Yadier Molina's in the back. Um looking pissed off guys we are gassed we are trying to get the schedule under lock uh it's just been it's been a busy couple weeks yes. but um yeah i yeah no you're right the hope is during the summer we'll we'll make sure we try and get episodes back at 120 on mondays as much as possible we've been having a lot of tuesdays a lot of thursdays but we're both uh college kids trying to make it through the last two weeks here uh, both of us have some have some Redbird Productions baseball stuff to do in the coming weeks as the ISU baseball team struggles to hold on to a conference tournament spot. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they gotta be in the, they gotta be anywhere but the bottom two of the conference. So if they can get into like that 10 spot, maybe they could, maybe they can go for a run. Hey, they just beat a pretty good Southern Illinois team this weekend, mm-hmm. two out of three. So, uh, yeah, this has been one of the episodes, as I said. <laughs> Um, I think that's how we're going to wrap up this edition of the 120 podcast. As always, any and all feedback on Twitter, um, except if you're criticizing Ben's potty mouth, because that is obviously asterisk in the uh, post. It says explicit content, like a, like a rap album. So uh, just be be, wor- be aware of that. Yeah, I mean, and it's not it's not like I'm out here dropping the f bomb just uh, on the fly. It's just it just happens when I'm getting mad about Caleb Killian or Luis Torrens. There's the accent again, and that was one edition of the 120 podcast of all time. As Ben said, I'm Mikey Farrelly for Benjamin Hootie. Have a great night. Cubs and Nationals tonight, 6.05. Wait, this this will come out tomorrow. Yeah, by the time you guys are listening to this, the Cubs will have a win. Knockwood. Go Cubs.